Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Sound Money Podcast. I am your host, Steve McGarry, and today we're going to be diving into another one of our sensitive subjects here on the podcast by popular demand. We wanted to go back into a little bit of distribution, and this is on the financial end having to do with wealth distribution by generation. Now, if you guys are brand new to the podcast, first of all, welcome. We talk about everything business and technology, primarily focusing on the economy because my background is in economics and I'm obsessed with it. So one of the things that I like to talk about on the podcast is distribution and um, not necessarily wealth distribution. Distribution comes in all shapes and and sizes, uh, including creative input, not being um, the same on the outs, output side of things. And I've done, I've discussed that on previous episodes. So if you haven't heard my episode on the principles of unequal distribution, please check that out before uh, pursuing this episode. But if you are brand new, welcome to the show. And today I want to talk about baby boomers and I want to talk about millennials. I'll talk a little bit about Gen X, but mainly about millennials and boomers, because that seems to be the most important topic right now, because boomers control a vast majority of wealth. And uh, when people control a lot of wealth, you know, there's a lot of back and forth about uh, what the implications for the economy are in terms of the types of assets and the types of wealth that older generations have versus younger generations and what's going to happen when that redistribution of wealth occurs, what's going to trigger it, what's going to happen. So I wanted to dive a little bit into that. And this conversation started because uh, a guy named Kurt Anderson shared on Twitter and someone uh, shared it with me, someone tagged me in it and uh, asked about it. And basically it was breaking down the uh, U.S. wealth being owned by boomers and Gen Xers at the age of 35. So the stats are fraction of all U.S. wealth owned by boomers and Gen Xers when the average member of each was age 35. Boomers, 1989 was 28, 21 percent. Gen X in 2008 was 8%. The average millennial turns 35 in 2023. Right now they own 3%. Now, uh, he also included at the end, there will surely be political implications. Now, one of the things that I love about talking about distribution is it's very different by the person. Uh, So, for example, you know, some people will say that a lot of the comments on the uh, social media thread that took place around this tweet was about the fact that when you die, that wealth doesn't go with you. Like, you're, you're born broke, you die broke. It's, uh, it's a very well-known saying, and I stand, stand very much by that. I think that the uh, mortality aspect of humanity actually helps us innovate, helps drive us forward, helps us progress as a species. And I really, um, I think it's a little bleak, but it is also the way that things have been done up until now, obviously, with people, um, you know, in these different generations in the past. And I think just by nature, with this whole OK Boomer concept, it is very much that the boomers control the vast majority of wealth. And, uh, you know, millennials, 
very much kind of have this high ticket cost of education. Many, many, many people are in debt because of that education that they took out because they were told and, and, and kind of on that track to get into college. People were very fortunate to have their loans paid and paid off and whatnot. And a lot of people were not so fortunate and they're, they're stuck under this debt that they can't go BK under or bankrupt. They cannot declare bankruptcy and, and get out from under this massive, in some, in some cases, six figures of debt for 30, 40 years. So just as a quick um, definitions uh, call, I want to make sure that everybody knows what these time frames are. Baby boomers were born in 1946 to 1964. For example, my parents are boomers. Gen X was born in 1965 to 1980. And millennials were born in 1981 to 1996. And Z is after that. So a really interesting, interesting piece is that as a millennial myself, um, you know, I'm 31 now before uh, in 2019, the time of recording this. And I think that in terms of the average net worth, I think Google says the average net worth of millennials is about $11,000 uh, or the median, sorry, the median is 11,000. And I believe the net worth with 70K. Uh, for millennials. And I think that that is going to shift over the next five, 10 years. And there are a lot of drivers that are going to take place. And one of the ones that no one talks about that I will gladly talk about here. <laughs> and that is that when the baby boomers do actually move their wealth into their, um, whether it's donating their wealth, whether they are selling their properties or their assets that they own before they uh, they pass, or they are, let's say, passing inheritance to millennials or, um, you know, passing it on to the next generation, their kids and whatnot, there is going to be a redistribution of wealth. And with such large populations here, we are talking about a massive, massive shift. So in, from 1981 to 1999, it was a 52 million uh, population growth. So that, that in the, the population delta between 1981 and 1999 being 52 million, in 1978 to 1996, it was 49 million. So we're talking about relatively similar numbers here but at the same time they call them the baby boomers for a reason and the the u.s census keeps track of this relatively closely and i think that it is it is important to know that the baby boomers is a massive population the biggest and now that they're older they've all invested and many people are retiring many people have a large accumulation of wealth over their lifetime i think it's a really interesting point that at some point they're there's always going to be a, a shift and I don't know I don't know exactly what's going to trigger it I do think that cryptocurrency and I've talked about it many times on the podcast before I do think that that is going to be one of the largest shifts of wealth of our generation as the millennials it's going to be the largest shift of wealth in history uh, because it is moving into a new industrial age on the internet and the boomers 
have seen that kind of taking over with the internet and technology as like this hockey stick growth. Now that we uh, millennials are becoming of age, we're all working online, we're all uh, interacting with the internet on a day-to-day basis. And I think that that level of innovation and that level of shift is what is going to trigger a massive change of um, a distribution of wealth, redistribution, sorry. And over the last 200 years, every generation in the Western Hemisphere has uh, had it usually better than previous generations. And that's a blanket statement. But we, we do see that this is kind of taking a hit on the millennial generation. And this is a lot because of, you know, marriage rates are declining, childbearing rates are declining, uh, hours work per person per year is, is going, uh, going down, um, hours work needed to pay off each square foot of their house that's purchased is, is uh, going up. And we're seeing depression and anxiety and things like that go up. And I think that that's a product of many, 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 many things. But I think millennials are getting hit from a lot of gener- a lot of a uh, lot of angles here, and having a huge cloud of debt over them, um, and trillions of dollars in the United States in student debt, isn't doing anyone any favors. So the main purpose of this episode was to just be an informative conversation about what could possibly trigger the redistribution of this massive quantity of wealth in the United States. And the fact that boomers in 1989, when they were 35, had 21 percent, Gen Xers in 2008, when they were 35, had 8 percent. And in 2023, when the average millennial turns 35, we will own 3 percent. There's a clear crashing graph right there. And this is all Federal Reserve numbers. This was just tweeted by Kurt Anderson, like I mentioned before. And I, I think that there's a lot of a lot of scary things that could happen. But I do think that there is a point, there's a tipping point. There's a tipping point where redistribution happens. And I think that um, it's it's very, very important for people to, to think about the fact that when boomers get older, they're going to dump their properties into the market or they're going to pass them on. Uh, they could keep them in the family and people from their family will benefit from that, but that will also help that number, that 3% increase. So it's definitely a, um, it's important to look at this optimistically and I don't want to be fatalistic at all, but I do think that there needs to be a redefinition of how we are measuring our wealth in the country. And I've, I've mentioned this on the pod in the past about redefining GDP and not to bring in politics once again, but there are a couple candidates running for president right now that talk about this regularly. One specifically is Andrew Yang, and he's brought up the fact that if we redefine gross domestic product, we are actually um, you know, talking about our happiness, talking about our mental health, talking about our families, talking about everything emotional about the country, and that can definitely help with what we define as wealth and changing the definition is clearly what um what needs to happen (laughs) because we're going to produce a ton of wealth it's going to be in all ways um in all different shapes but i think it's important to uh, acknowledge that when we are measuring a system that is totally different now uh the internet has only existed for a few decades 
And it's important to know that things are going to change and things are going to change in a big way and they're going to change rapidly. Once we see automation coming in, knocking out millions of jobs and uh, creative jobs floating to the top, it's going to be pretty fascinating to watch what happens with that wealth transfer, that redistribution across all these different generations. And not even we're not even talking about the generations after millennials. We're merely talking about people that are coming up to the age of 35, including myself. And in 2023, I think it's going to be a, uh, a very awakening moment where people are saying, wow, uh, we need to really double down, triple down on redefining what wealth means and what wealth is to the country. And I wanted to read one um, one comment on uh, on some of these um, on some of the threads here that are going on social media because a lot of people are um, a lot of people are pretty mad and it's safe to say that there are a lot of people that are in bad situations um, it's just yeah it, it, there's a, there's a lot of people that are frustrated and I think that in in a time like this in a time like with wealth, changing hands and whatnot. There's a lot of pointing to the top. There's a lot of people shaking their hand and saying like, all right, CEOs are uh, evil. People that are running companies are evil, which is a dangerous game because if you if you point the finger at people that are innovating and people that are building businesses uh, and people stop building businesses because of that, you have a complete economic collapse uh, on your hands. And one of the things I wanted to point out was the CEO to worker compensation ratio. And the CEO to worker compensation ratio in 1965 was 20. So for uh, 20 workers, that was what one uh, CEO was being paid and or the compensation in relative to a CEO. So 20 workers equals the pay of one CEO. In 1989, it was 587 workers their their wages uh, in compensation compared to the CEO and in 2013 it was 295 uh, employees or workers compensation compared to the CEO now from 1989 to 2013 obviously there was the invent of the internet and the dot-com boom that happened where we saw massive scalability at a global scale pretty much instantly with the internet connected all over the world the ability to scale and uh you know one one robot could take the jobs of let's say 10 employees right out of the gate and that's happening at a rapid pace so once you start automating jobs you have this situation where you have 300 uh, one one CEO making the, the compensation of 300 employees. And that number is definitely higher at this point. That number is six years out of date. So I'm going to guess that that's closer to 1,000, uh, just given the, the innovation rate of uh, technology. And it's really, that's a touchy subject for a lot of people because it's very easy to point to the top and, and complain about the people that started the company and the people that are uh, producing the value into the marketplace and then the, the employees that have come in as it has been de-risked over the years and started contributing to that value going into the marketplace. 
And I, I think that there's a lot to be said and a whole other episode that we can discuss on that. But the CEO to worker compensation is a very touchy subject that a lot of people bring up whenever I talk about this, uh, whenever I talk about unequal distribution through creativity uh, and the principles that are discussed in like Price's Law and things like that. I, I, I get a lot of these comments a lot, and I think it's important for everyone to realize that technology is definitely uh, something people are leveraging. It is here to stay, like things like the internet, that's kind of obvious. But with things that are coming down the pipeline, like cryptocurrency and things that are generating wealth for the younger digital generation, uh, they're not to be ignored. And if you guys are listening to this and you're boomers uh, or you're Gen Xers or you're millennials or, uh, you know, Gen Z listening to this, which I know a lot of viewers are in Gen Z, especially on YouTube, it's very, very important for you to uh, to invest money, to, to get control of your cash positions and your wealth in general, keep track of spending and things like that. I've mentioned that in the past. This isn't financial advice, but I always tell people just keep a spreadsheet, do a personal P&L, make sure that your expenses aren't outweighing your um, your income and, and just do that for me. <laughs> just do that. And uh, that should make you more comfortable, make you more self-reliant, make you, make you more accountable for your actions and keeping track of things is the best possible way that you, me, everyone in a society can actually help contribute to the economy. Taking care of ourselves is the best thing you can do uh, to an economy is making sure that you are you are contributing um, your efforts and you are managing yourself and you're controlling your own uh, self uh, and your your finances. So that is it for this episode. I hope it didn't make too many people too angry. It's raw data that I'm talking about here. I have a little bit of opinion on these matters and I try not to pepper too many of the opinions in there. But at the same time, I want to make sure that you guys get a, a hot take on what's going on. Uh, in terms of the data that's that's happening right before our eyes. And uh, in 2023, when millennials are 35, owning 3% of the wealth, it's going to be a, a big eye-opener. That's in uh, three years. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And hopefully I'll be able to cover that when, <laughs> when it does come up in the next few years. And that is it for this episode. If you guys like it, don't forget to subscribe. It really helps out the channel on YouTube if you like the video. And also, if you're listening on Spotify or Anchor or iTunes or wherever you consume this podcast, thank you for listening. And I will see you guys on the next episode of the Sound Money Podcast.